You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. And goal. And play fake. With time, throwing end zone. It is caught. Touchdown, TJ Jones. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Hello, Grump. Happy uh, happy Monday. Happy you know, early July. Hope everybody had a good 4th of July. Hopefully you got a chance to get out of your houses and do something. Hopefully you were all wearing masks when you did it. Uh, got to go upstate new york this weekend you know getting getting out of the city was really nice and uh you know we're just moving forward you know we have about a month to go before training camp and hopefully that's going to go off without a hitch and maybe have a football season so yeah we're in this fingers crossed because really i mean i know everybody is suffering because you know we had no baseball basketball done you know halfway through um I mean, shit, even golf is being affected. Uh, but for me, this is my only sport. So if this goes away, I'm truly lost. So, Yeah, you know, as you all know, you know, I am a big fan of a lot of different teams and a lot of different sports. And uh, it's a void. You know, it's not something, you know, I always wonder what would happen if there were no sports. How would I deal with it? And I think, you know, better than I thought, I think you – it sucks not having things to kind of look forward to on a daily and weekly basis. You know, it's sports are not just the actual games themselves and the the high and lows of the game, but just the, the following of a team, you know, obviously, you know, with this podcast, we really delve into the giants and and dig deeper and make our, our thoughts known and everything. But, you know, when you have that for all of your teams and, you know, Baseball is the daily soap opera, and football is that weekly crescendo on the weekends. But when you don't have nothing really to, you know, talk about, even besides watching the games, it's just kind of it's a real void. And um, you know, does life go on without them? Yeah, you just deal with it. But it sucks. You know, I, I miss all of it. You know, soccer's uh, supposedly starting up this week. MLS is beginning. You know, with the MLS's back tournament, and I'm I'm very excited about it. It's just something to watch again. Whether it actually goes off with you know more people coming down with it, I know. Uh, I, I believe it's uh, what team is it is completely out, you know, because half their team has the virus. Um, Dallas is out, so we just have to kind of you know, hope for the best with these things and just kind of live through it. it. Sucks, but we have to. Yeah, um, I, I just. You know, life goes on without sports, but I mean, it's it's kind of a little bit better when the things that you like are available to you. It's it's like it's like eating pizza. It's fine to eat plain, but it's just better with toppings. And oh know, yeah, really? I I said that specifically to trigger you because I know you eat plain pizza. <laughs> I eat plain pizza, but you know, to me, you know, at this point, give me you know lasagna on my pizza give me you know <laughs> give me a hamburger on my pizza give me anything yeah i'll, I'll deal with it yeah exactly um it, it 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 really is a pain in the ass but you know at this point you know i i can't i can't wear masks for other people i can't i can't distance for other people so you know i can only sit back and hope that pro athletes are protecting their bodies 
and their careers really. I mean, they they stand to make no money if the the NFL is out, you know, multiple seasons. Let's clarify what you just said. You are wearing masks for other people's benefit, but you can't. I can't do can't, it for them. I can't. I can't. Exactly, I can't yeah. make them do it. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I. You know. It, it's ultimately they serve only to be protecting their own careers. I mean, sure. You know, they're still getting paid on whatever contract they're on, but those rookie deals, they work their whole lives to get that second contract, really. That's the big payday. And if they, you know, the NFL folds or if it goes multiple years without seasons, they only get older. And while there's no wear and tear on their bodies, it... You know, I mean, and we're going to delve into this right now, right? So, you know, the fireworks, other than Fourth of July, you know that that is happening right now is that Patrick Mahomes just signed a massive contract extension for ten years, four hundred and fifty million dollars, something like that. It's unbelievable, you know. And I again, I one of my big pet pet peeves is using the word unbelievable because to me, almost everything is believable. But this is something that just doesn't make any sense on multiple levels uh you know never mind the fact that you know that much money is you know allocated to your salary cap for one player no matter how important he is it's just we are in a complete world of uncertainty you know we do not know you know if there'll be a season this year we don't know if there'll be a season next year a season with fans or not we have absolutely no idea what the salary cap may adjust to next year based on revenues. Well, I'll agree with that. So I think in a normal offseason, this is a big contract dumped into a guy who's in a world of his own. I mean, he's a 24-year-old superstar quarterback. You know, you you get your franchise quarterback, your your Andy Dalton's, right? You 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 draft a guy like Andy Dalton, he passes the eye test, the litmus test. You think to yourself, "We can win with this guy." They get to the end of their rookie deal and you have to pay them. It's just one of those things where it's well, you know, he's the guy. You know, I don't I don't want to have to start over. He's not the best in the league, but he's top 15, you know, probably at the time of Andy Dalton's second contract. So you pay him right. big money. He winds up being paid among the top seven at his position in the league. And that's something you settle with. Patrick Mahomes, I don't think there's any doubt, right now is the best quarterback in the league. He's very young. He's already won a Super Bowl. He's shown he can do everything you want him to do. Now is the time you pay him in any normal circumstance. Where I'll agree with you is, let's just say that there's no season this year. And next year there is a season but no fans. How big of a hit is that to the salary cap? Now when you look at the salary cap implications of a deal like that, you know it has, it has insane repercussions. And the silly thing is that, you know, like I said, in a normal offseason, this is probably you know a, a big move. But probably the right move, but um, he wasn't really at the end of his contract. They could have held off until you know at least seeing what happened this year with this season. Yeah, I, I you know it, I guess it's just one of those things where they are just they're paying the premium now to lock up that this is their franchise guy and the face of the franchise. He's going to be the he. Is, you know, one or two faces of this league. You know, he's a good kid. You know, he's photogenic. He's got it. He's got charisma. He's, you know, we all know what a badass he is on the field. And they just said, you know something? 
we don't even want to get to the point where contracts are ever a discussion with this guy and ever have any, you know, any negativity at all. Now, who knows in four or five years where, you know, and we all know this, how this works is you are the highest paid pay player at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. And then yes. three weeks later, you no longer are. And it's really got nothing to do with, you know, are you the best player in the league? It's just who gets paid at that moment. So who knows in four years, you know, Patrick Mahomes wins two more Super Bowls. You know, he's gets into that, you know, rarefied air of a guy like a Michael Jordan or something where he transcends the sport he plays and transcends sport. Uh, you know, maybe he comes back and asks for more. But you know, if we lived in a world of a the NBA where you pay you can pay your own players more, it's not a big deal. You have a hard cap here. You know, at some point it's going to you know impact this team and might be sooner than later with you know the reasons we said. But I think everybody's happy right now, and you got to move forward with life. I, I can understand a franchise that just won its first Super Bowl in 50 years paying the kid that got them there. This isn't Trent Dilfer, you know, winning a Super Bowl for a city. This is <laughs> this is something special, and and I I I I'll agree with you that it's a risky move at this time in in this weird time. But I mean, you know, any any kind of contract like this is going to bear some risk. I mean, he could go shred his ACL. You know, playing on the beach next week and completely, yeah. you know, wreck his contract. So there's there's risk with this contract, no matter what. So you know, they're they're banking on they're banking on the NFL rebounding, maybe a dip in the salary cap next year, but then it just continuing to trend up. Or I mean, even let's just say that there's an abbreviated season this year. The total void of sports that the NFL just continues to do fine, and that sort of makes up whatever losses there are. Well, I mean, are you talking about in the, in the fall if they have NFL? Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, we, I know we don't want to rehash this every single week, but you know, our concerns that that actually does go off, you know, again, my weekly, you know, thumb in the air, check the wind is, I don't think there's going to be a season this year again. So, you know, if if they get to that level where you know, you know, for all these summer sports and things like they they're getting ready to, to ramp. We've heard news today about the N, NFL, the NBA, and the NHL, and um, baseball like ramping up their seasons to start again. I'll believe all that when I see it. So, are they the uh, are they the oasis in the desert of no sports? Possibly if they can pull it off, but you know, I. I think we're in the beginning of this wave two or the continuation of wave one where it's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets a whole lot better. And I I can't see it. Uh, So I, I just think, you know, I don't worry about the risk from Patrick Mahomes himself. You know, if he gets hurt and has a serious ACL injury. Oh no. Yeah. No, there's, there's protections against that in these contracts. And, you know, you know, is he all of a sudden become Clark Kennigan? He's no longer Superman. He's just average. I, I highly doubt that. (laughs) Uh, so, you know, the, the person who should be really happy right now is Dak Prescott. You know, I'm not saying he's, I'm not going to say he's going to demand to get what he had or even more, but probably his ceiling just went up for what he can reasonably expect. We as Giants fans can only hope that that 
creates more leverage. Um, well, I mean, it definitely does create more leverage. It, it, whether whether it it works out is another story. Um, I, for one, would rather see Dallas stick with what's been holding them back. Um, but that's just me. Um, yeah, I know. We, we've also you can go back and listen to three years worth of shows and our opinions of Dak Prescott. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the differing for it, holding it back, I think is well. I mean, at this point, I, I think so. Strong. I mean, you look at the last couple drafts that they've had, and they've really put together a good team. And there, there are two reasons that that team could be losing, and that is one, Jason Garrett is a head coach, and two, Dak Prescott just isn't very good at doing much more than game managing. Um, game managing has gotten them the, very, very far. You know, second round of the playoffs is pretty far. Uh, but it's not enough to win. You know, it's not enough to bring you all the way. Uh, so. Well, well, I mean, that's, <laughs> that is a Super Bowl caliber team. It's a very good overall. team. I mean. It's a good team. It's a good team. It's not a great team. I mean, I don't think, you know, I don't think that team. If you say, "Well, we just had a quarterback," is a Super Bowl roster. I think it's a. I think it's a playoff team, and there's that's okay to be a playoff team. That's you know, you can lump them in with six or seven other teams in this league in that level. Uh, I don't think he prevents them from going from being a very good team to a Super Bowl team. My he's going to be paid. He's going to be. He's going to be paid like it. So I mean, you mean to tell me if you? I think. I think the, right now with him on the team, they're like a divisional round caliber team. Yeah. 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 Okay. And I think if you replace him with a better quarterback, of which there are, um, they're at least a championship level team, which is basically at Super Bowl level. Because at that point, it's you're flipping a coin. We see sometimes that the NFC Championship or the AFC Championship is a tighter game, a better game, two better teams than the Super Bowl itself. So I, I, th- uh, I think it does. I, yeah. I, I don't know about that. I mean, he was a perfect fit for what they were trying to do offensively for the last couple of years. And he, I think, you know, he was a square peg in a square hole then. We'll see what happens this year, and that will really determine it to me. But I don't know if you brought in, you know, let's say what's the, what would you say is the second tier quarterback behind Mahomes? If we're if we're saying that's elite of the elite, well, okay, the, the the elitist are what Mahomes, Rogers, and Breeze and Brady. Those are the four. Uh, I don't know if I put Brady or I guess you could keep Rogers up there. Brady, I think, might be. And then slipping a little bit based on, again, we know he had no receivers last right, year and everything, yeah. but I don't know if I'm going to put him on that 41 year old Brady. Anymore. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's yeah. fair. But All right, well, let, let's use Tom Brady then. No, I, I, Tom... without question. Yeah. They're, they're a championship caliber team, Tom Brady. If Tom Brady had that line and, and some level of receivers like they have down there. Now, of course, I don't think this is possible with, with the salary cap figure that Brady no, has. No, no, we're, for, for, we're in hypothetical. Forget that. Yeah, yeah forget that. If, uh-huh. if I say, if we replace, you, so you think the Cowboys with Tom Brady are a Super Bowl contending team? Yeah, 100%. No question in my mind. They have, okay. they have a top three running back. They have a top three offensive line. I would say they have a middling group of receivers and, and tight end talent. Their defense, especially this year, is so much more improved. I'm, I'm actually dreading facing them more than, than any other team that we have to face. So you think – so you're, you're squarely saying they are – for all of these attributes, you're saying they make this team a great team that, you know, 
the quarterback is holding them back to being just a first-round playoff well, team. In well, days. I said there were two factors. One of them was Jason Garrett as head coach. Now they have gone ahead and they, they've hired my like second least favorite head coach in Mike McCarthy. So we'll see if it's just <laughs> Dak Prescott. I think they're both staying anyway, so it doesn't matter. I think Dak Prescott is getting paid some level of money to stay there, and Mike McCarthy is got enough pedigree to stick around there for a couple of years before fading out because I don't believe in Mike McCarthy much at all. Um, so let me ask you one final question then. So let's say you know, Dak Prescott says, F you, Jerry Jones, I'm going out in the open market. Okay. How many teams do you think are interested in him and what kind of money do you think you get comparable money that he can get in Dallas? If, assuming Dallas is not a bidder. Dallas is out. And he's, you know, he's taking his talents elsewhere. I think he would probably get slightly more than whatever. I mean, you're always on the open yeah. market. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well, interesting. well, the reason why is because teams are desperate for known quantities. And, you know, teams that need quarterbacks aren't always drafting in the top three. And they don't want to tank a whole season to get there. So, you know, Dak Prescott, you can make arguments to yourself that he's better than he is, in my opinion. Um and I think that the situation cap-wise that Dallas is heading into right now with the way they're giving out contracts and the way contracts are going to become due, um, they have put themselves in a situation where this, this contract talk with Death Prescott isn't just about what he's worth. It's also somewhat about what they're going to be able to afford. Um, That's true. So, you know, I think that there will be teams in the open market that will pay him. I mean, like I said, on the open market, a team will want you more than you are what you yes. what you are like scientifically worth. Of course, you're worth whatever someone's willing to pay you, but that's more than what, you know, should, you should be paying. Is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you Kelly, you Kelly Blue Whip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. See, I agree with you if this wasn't the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones. I think I think that Jerry Jones doesn't mind paying a premium because of the brand that he thinks the Cowboys are and the brand of being the quarterback of the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Now, if, I, I if agree this with is that. A situa- yeah. If this is a situation where Dak was the quarterback, let's say, of Minnesota, and you know they were going to pay a lot to keep him, but he decided, F you, Minnesota, I think he would get more, certainly more in the open market than he would here. But I think... You know, Jerry's going to find a way to spend more than he needs to because of his ego and because of the hubris that the Cowboys mean something more than they actually are. And uh, I don't think he, I don't think what he thinks he can get outside would be what he would get inside. I mean, that that's I, I agree with that level of thinking. I just you know I, I think it's just yeah. because he's a quarterback that he demands more on the open market. You know, if if we're talking about Des Bryant, I'm agreeing with you 100% there. Mm-hmm. Des Bryant's that star power that Jerry Jones wants to have, must have in a in a star uniform, and he'll he'll overspend the shit out of him while the rest of the league sees Des Bryant for what he is. Um, I, I mean, I mean, we can all agree at some point in his career, Odell Beckham will be a cowboy, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that just seems like the logical landing point at some point. I mean. I, I could see it now. His tenure in Cleveland is, you know. Oh yeah. We're not gonna look. We're not gonna look back and say what a ten, what a great tenure career he had in Cleveland. At well, some point. Um. Who is is David? Tight end David and Juco has already requested a trade per sources. That's correct. Um. And he's no like. 
I mean, he he's a guy coming out of Miami. I Miami, right? Yeah, Miami. Yes. Um, that I thought was a a pretty good talent, still young, still raw, but had tools and never really developed. And you know, to be honest, you, you can't really expect him to develop where he went. That is must be such a toxic me- mess that that organization inside, you know, their facilities and their front office because I mean, they were setting themselves up to be quite a team and you know, it seems like from the very beginning there were problems, right? I I mean, right away. Right away, you know, and, and the the Beckham stuff flared up. It wasn't even a year into it, and all of a sudden he was, you know, complaining and and, and you know and the, like the Baker Mayfield stuff, and that is just a, a, a jinxed, cursed franchise that I, you know, it's kind of like being a Nick fan for all you Nick fans out there, where nothing they do works, everything is just a, a colossal fuck up. So, not that I, not that I'm feeling bad for Odell, you know, screw the guy. You know, for the act he put on when he was here, but uh, not our problem, I guess. Um, so d- the, the interesting thing for me about David Njuko is that he he's, he's he's about to hit the open market soon. I don't know. I guess his his fifth year option was exercised, so he would play this year and next year in Cleveland next year for six million dollars. So not a bad. Not a bad deal considering his production. You know, maybe he thinks he he can do more elsewhere. But to want out, you know, on your first contract when you when you can still hit the open market, you know, that's that's interesting to me. I mean, that could be the product of somebody getting in his ear and, and giving him bad advice. Uh, it could be just you know somebody well, I mean, just it, wants... it may not be bad advice. <laughs> I mean, if if he gets traded to a situation where he can boost his stats for that fran- for that uh, free agency year. Yeah, but I mean, do you do you see like you know the present state Cleveland Browns as a career killer? Like, do you see them right now as on something the field? That... I don't. I mean, I think they have yeah. a lot of stuff going on, so it must be something bad. That, that's what I'm saying. There must be some. Maybe uh, Baker screwed his girlfriend or something, or something to that effect. I mean, I I, I think you know it's my it, he he certainly sets the uh, the outward image that he's a little bit of a prick. <laughs> well, he went to Miami, so. Oh no, I meant I meant I meant Mayfield and Juco. Oh, I think God. is pretty I, low key. Yeah, so. I mean uh, Mayfield has been a, a, a prick from you know the Oklahoma days for sure. I mean, I mean, he's one of those to me. To like, me, college is one of those things where if it's things happening on the field, which they generally were for him, I can kind of look the other way as like gamesmanship because they're young. College is a very, very, very like mob mentality kind of rivalry thing. And I, I, I can that, that the NFL just isn't right. I mean, the NFL is a job, and, and you know you play to win and whatever. But but in college, you know, Oklahoma, those rivalries are important. So that's true. But he also came across as like the the villain in a high school teen comedy, like you know <laughs> the, the prick the prick jock the prick quarterback. You yeah. know, you know you're right. Uh, you know Johnny from Karate Kid. If he didn't have blonde hair, would be Baker Mayfield. You know so. <laughs> Uh, you know, so who knows what, and then all of a sudden you take like the innocentness of college of like the rivalry stuff and everything and the gamesmanship, all of a sudden you give a guy a hundred million dollars, you make him the face of a, a franchise in a city and everybody kissing his ass in a, in a, a, a starved town looking for anything. Yeah. That's true. Uh, you know, that can, you can go like a Richter scale, go from five to 10 really fast and, you know, 
could be insufferable. So again, we don't know the story of what's inside that locker room. I can just, you can just see, you know, the smoke coming out of the chimney of that place. And it's usually, you know, a mess. Yeah. Well, when the, when the rumor comes out that Baker Mayfield screwed David and Juco's girlfriend, all, all fingers will end up pointing at a cranky fan for that one. <laughs> yes. And be on the lookout for cranky fans. Page six, where he gives up other NFL gossip, which may or may not be true. But <laughs> that's if this week, we, Grump, we really need a, a vaccine because we are really going so far off the deep end yeah. now. <laughs> um, in in other news, more Giants related, Joe Judge, uh, after an interview, was saying that he would like to establish a leadership council with his players. Um, it's this is something we've seen from Bill Belichick, as the article kind of states. But you know, we've even seen on at the Giants' end from Tom Coughlin. Um, do you have any thoughts about this? Is this is this like just words to you? How, what what does this mean to you? I mean, it's it's another stop on the winning the off season tour. But you know, I think this is pretty good, though. I mean, he has a coach that you know is excited as people may be for him. You know, in that locker room, has to build a little credibility. He's never been a head coach before. He's never been a coordinator before. And I get it with his lineages, you know, coming from Bill Belichick, but other coaches have come from similar lineages with no track record behind them. And they say it's my way or the highway and, you know, don't have, let the players have a say in it. And it goes horribly bad. You know, that might've been the case right off the bat in Cleveland. You know, they talk about their toxic culture, uh, but, you know, previously. So I think, you know, this is a different age. This is not, you know, this is not when Vince Lombardi was the coach of the Packers and, you know, he ran training camp and everything like boot camp. You know, this is a, you know, players are empowered now. They have a say, you know, you know at, at the table with everything. And I think understanding that in the very beginning and establishing the lines of communication and the trust and, you know, self-imposed leadership as opposed to having dictated on a team you know it, again it, it might all be just winning the offseason but i think these are things that you you rather hear happening as opposed to a stubborn prick who won't yeah i mean i, I think i agree with you you know it's winning the it's, it's winning the offseason on a certain level but anytime you're winning the offseason is still better than losing the offseason so there's that right oh, yeah. off the bat um sure I believe in to me of all the the little things that people have been praising Joe Judge for, and I'm still trying to temper my expectations for a young coach that has no real track record of anything behind him. This to me is the most positive thing I've heard because I believe in players holding players accountable, and I say that because you see it with veterans, you know, keeping young guys in check. Veterans want to win. They've made their money. They, they came here to win. They're competitive by nature. Some veterans have made a career on the edge of rosters and get cut on the 53-man every year. You, guys, you look at guys like Charles James, who's got what it takes to hang around in the league, but he, he can't, he's not a lock for anything, and he, re- he relies on the guys around him to be doing their job. And, you know, I, I just I believe in... 
I believe in guys who have won before wanting to win again. The guys who know they can win if they keep everybody in check. If they have been in bad locker rooms, have been in good locker rooms, and they know the difference. The young guys that go in, you know, they're they're living their dream, and that's that's cool and fine. And I think that especially with a young coach, this kind of thing is super important, and it allows the players to keep themselves in check. When your peer tells you to straighten out and get together and get get with the program and you know get your shit together because you're hurting all of us it it, it you have less of a fuck you attitude when it's your peers than it is the one the man you know what i mean even if it's your coach it's still the man in a certain sense and one of one of those guys that i'm sure will be on that leadership council is somebody that is much maligned on this team by the fans and somebody who you know, I'd be willing to guess, you know, unless something is obvious that I'm missing, is the only guy on this roster who's won a Super Bowl? Now it'd be Nate Solder. Uh, I mean, I was going to, no, Golden Tate. Golden Tate. Okay. I, I would have said Golden Tate, who fans also don't really like. But, you know, again, you, you, you are, you're saying, you're underlining what I'm saying, too. You know, maybe he's not the best guy. You know, he's relying on the, the strength of others around him or whatever, but. You know, he's come from good locker rooms and he was on bad locker rooms as well. So he's been winning, he's also lost. He knows the difference and he doesn't want to keep losing. And his reputation is that he is a great locker room guy. Uh so, you know, I think it's very safe to assume that he had some level of injury last year for the drop off in his production. I think he became the scapegoat for other problems with this team. And, you know, but I think he is very, very well respected in that locker room. And, you know, we're looking at a team that's not very long in the tooth for guys who have championship pedigrees. You know, it's not, you know, again, we, we, we pointed out Solder, we pointed out Golden Tate, but who else has really sniffed it in Lombardi Trophy? Who knows how to win on this team? Who's been around the block long enough to let, you know, rookies know this is the right way to do it? You know, we have some guys on this team who've been there for, you know, they're going on their third coach in, you know, five years. You know, so, you know, the the pool of people who, you know, who will be drawn for this leadership council is very shallow. Uh, so, and that's something that, uh, you know, you don't think about it when you're building a roster and you're building, thinking about the value of a player or a collection of players, but that is a problem with this team. Is that we don't have we don't have a lot of guys that have, <laughs> automatically qualify for this. Yeah, we're a bunch of winners, and I don't mean that in the term of well, you're a loser because you know I don't like you, but just have not had the resume and the experience of being in a not only winning a game, a Super Bowl, but being part of a winning organization and team to do it the right way. So that's going to have to I hate to use the, the R word, the rebuild word, but part of that rebuilding process is guys are going to have to grow into you know, this role with this team. And then maybe, you know, when success comes, you will see guys gravitating in free agency to this team, not so much just to chase the money, but actually to chase the money with a chance to win. Right. I was going to say, I think James Bradbury might have been on that 2015 Panthers team that made it to the playoffs, to, to the Super Bowl, but he was not. He was drafted the next year, so... So yeah, I think that's I think that's it. It's Nate Solder and it's and it's Golden Tate. Yeah, I mean even uh, Zach Deoxys is no longer with the team, so he was like the only link to 
you know, the Giants kind of far past <laughs> of Super Bowl success. Uh, you know, Eli is gone. Uh, uh, I mean, I think that's it. Blake Martinez Can't, and really. Kyler Fackrell have been on some really good Packers teams, but no. I'm talking about like, you know. In the Super Bowl, yeah. Super Super Bowl level, if not winning the Super Bowl, at least kind of, you know, knowing what it's like to be in the big game and to prepare for the big game and know, you know, what it's like to get through a conference championship game. And yeah, stuff, and so. the next closest thing we have is Dexter Lawrence was on a national championship team. <laughs> and that's that's cute, but that's not at it's all. Not at you know, all the same. But but you know, to, to stick with the leadership council thing, you know, like I said, all the cute stories about Joe Judge doing the right things and handling this, that, and the other thing, I, I believe that that's all true. That's fine. He's had a tough first year. You know that that's that's fine. This to me is the most encouraging thing I've heard because I truly believe that this is an important thing for a young coach to have, um, especially you know we we talk about the good side of having previous head coaches on his staff in in assistant roles, but I mean that can also be a little bit of a detriment uh, of guys in your ear tugging you one way or another because they've done it before, they've been in charge before, they know what so-and-so is supposed to be doing on the defense or, or the linebacker should be doing this, he's not getting the linebackers to do that. You know, that kind of nonsense can muddy things up. I think that's possible based upon, you know, on the individual that you bring into the role. Of course. Yeah. I think, I, I, I think, uh, for a guy that's never been a head coach before, he's never been a coordinator before. I think, you know, bringing in a guy, you know, from the division who is a head coach for a long, a pretty long tenure as a head coach in this division. I think there's a lot more positives than negatives for I it. Agree with that. Uh, you know, I, it's a guy that's not coming in. I mean, when Pat Shermer came into this team, there was, Definitely a level of arrogance when he came in. And, you know, it kind of, it rubbed some of the media the wrong way. It rubbed some of the fans the wrong way. And then, you know, your record is your record, you know, and that's just kind of validated what people's concerns were about him. I think having a guy coming in, remember, could have the height of arrogance. He was on a coaching staff with the best coach, you know, the best Probably. Two to three coaches in, in in football history. Right. Yeah. There you go. And you know, and, and we've seen arrogance from guys who come from that tree. Uh, you know, so far for moves like that, I think we're you know trusting that he doesn't know what, you know everything about being a head coach. He's going to learn on the job and and bringing in a coach who you know a lot of people think Jason Garrett at some point will be a head coach again on this team, and some people even thought he was you know could be the successor if Joe Judge's experiment fails too. You know, sure. so based upon, you know, his, his history with the, with the giant organization. So I think you're seeing a level of, you know, trust that he knows what he knows and brings in people that he wants. And uh, again, the first time he doesn't call timeout with a minute and a half left or something, or the first time that oh, he goes it, to get it, you know, it's everybody's going to be on the, uh, on the Joe Judge watch, and, I, you know, I can't wait go. to to not see the tweet from Francesa because I blocked him. <laughs> I mean, but when when we talk about Joe Judge, do you think he's a guy that commands respect of young people when he walks in the room? I think he has to earn it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, but I, just, I, I just the makeup of the guy. Do you think that's the kind of guy he is when he walks in a room and he starts talking? Do people listen? 
Yes, because he is the head coach of the New York Giants without having any prior experience at any major level. So just to be able to get in the door for that conversation for the interview shows that he has a command of the conversation. He has a network of people that believe in him that offered his name as someone who would be good. Then he won the job. Correct. While negotiations and other interviews were still lined up. Yeah, so to answer the – now – that is a question of management. The right, question true. is of the players. I think that's a that's a work in process. That's something to be determined, and uh, we may not know it in August. We may not know it in week three, and you know we may not know it until you know year three. But uh, I think earning the respect of his players will happen. How he treats these guys, how he can relate. I mean. Head coaching is more and more about relationships and managing egos and smoothing things over as much as X and O's in this game anymore. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. But, you know, so far, so good. But, again, it's off season, Right. Um, moving ahead to our season, we can skip all the way to week 12 because we have been doing our season preview and we have covered all the way up to the week 11 bye, uh, wherein the Cranky Fan has the Giants sitting at 5-5, five and five, so 500 after the bye. Not a bad place to sit by week 11. And for some reason, I have them at 6-4. and four. Um, Didn't think I'd land there, but, you know, here we are anyway. It, it's interesting because I don't think this team is a 5-5 five and five team after the bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, me either. You know, we, we're doing this exercise kind of mostly in a vacuum of each other's games. We we are doing a little bit of, you know, momentum off of this and possibly this, but you know, I will sign up right now going to that bye week at five and five for absolutely. Yeah. For certain. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, as we do these, just remember we're going to do win or loss in pen or pencil, and the pen or pencil does not determine the score differential, but only our confidence in our answer. Um, with that, week 12 at the Cincinnati Bengals, 1 o'clock, November 29th, how do you feel? Another one of those games where it's a real temperature check on how this season is progressing and, you know, is there buy-in? Are we... Are we growing and developing as a team uh you know if things are going south this is a game we lose and we're like what the hell is going on i am going to play optimistic cranky fan and say that this will be a win in pen uh you know joe burrow as much as i dislike the guy uh you know obviously being from lsu and you know kind of being a little bit of an arrogant prick while he was there had in my humble opinion of 30 plus years of watching college football, the best season I've ever seen from a college quarterback. And that is saying something when you think about the years, the guys like Vince Young had and Michael Vick had and Danny Werfel had, and you know, you, Tommy Frazier, you name it. Uh, But this is the NFL and there is a steep learning curve and he's not being, brought into the most optimal of conditions where that success can be immediate. And, you know, another dysfunctional franchise that basically had to start over. And I think this is one where, you know, again, a one o'clock game after a bye, time to heal. 
I think we get it done, and I think we win this one in, in Penn. Wow! And all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, we start getting excited about can his team actually make a playoff run? Sure. I mean, I would say it's six and five after the bye. That's that's time to be excited uh, that there's a wild card in, in play because we're getting towards the end of the season now. Um, I'm I'm going to say win in Penn. Um, don't think that just because the Bengals are coming off of a league worst record means that they're going to be a pushover. Though, um, you know, aside from getting Burrow to general the offense, they went out and added big defensive pieces: DJ Reader, Von Bell, Mackenzie Alexander, Trey Waynes to assist the already really good Geno Atkins, Carlos Dunlap, and uh, William Jackson. So the Bengals also quietly have a very solid group of wide receivers um, for for Joe Burrow to throw to with AJ Green, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, John Ross, and Auden Tate. You know, and and Joe Mixon in the backfield, um, and I think that Zach Taylor and and Brian Callahan will have an offense that fits what Burrow does best, um, and he'll he'll do a lot more damage than I think people are expecting of a young quarterback. However, the Bengals have one of, if not the worst, offensive line, and it's a problem that is going to hurt them all year long, and it may even hamper Joe Burrow's ability to play. All year, I mean, or, or uh, certainly to develop into an NFL QB at the at the normal learning curve or what, not, or what he's best at. It's not optimal conditions for development. No, not at all. That way. Yeah, but I mean, what and I'm saying is he may that, even get injured. Here. It, it, they're bad. It, it's not good. Yeah. Um, we saw that like last year with the Giants, where you know a less than ideal offensive line situation, right. you know, causes things like you know the number of turnovers sure. and fumbles from the, the record number from, of fumbles and, and things like that absolutely exactly exactly so you know again i think this is a for all the green shoots of them potentially getting better in the future again another team in complete transition and rebuild mode not good enough to say oh i can win this game well, i think we're further along in the process the, this, than they are and I, again that's where I got them in, in pen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, you add in the Giants coming off of a bye. Per, you'd think well rested. You know, maybe not as injured. Uh, guys coming off of injury, um, they should be able to push around Joe Burrow, cause some turnovers. You know, the coaching staff. You know, whatever gimmick that they've installed into their offense to make Joe Burrow more effective, despite his offensive line, they have the time to look over that film and dissect it and really. You know, get a defensive scheme in there to, to shut that shit down. I, I don't think that this is going to be, you know, a blowout, though. I do I do think it'll be a, a commanding win, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, some, you know, 56 to, you know, 17 game here. Um, yeah. But I am, I am confident in this yeah. coming off of a bye. It, it's a bad situation for Joe Burrow. Yeah, neither team is good enough to say, you know, oh, I think this team can... You know, put up fifty six against anybody. You know, or or have that consistency where to kind of assume it at all. So, yeah, um, that's why we're also not doing score predictions in these games. We're just confidence level in the win, and I'm confident enough that they can go in there and win. And you know, Grump, as we're going through this, I feel like I picked quite a few road wins this year. Now, this is a year unlike any other where road versus home really doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot, but. I feel like a couple of times they've come off the mat and on the road in one game. So, yeah. So that's that. So now we have you at six and five, me at seven and four. Way better than I ever think that they really will be. I, and yet I'm the <laughs> one doing this. 
Um, and then we head into week 13 at Seattle, 4.05, oh. December 6th. <laughs> well, you know, the uh, Giants' playoff hits, uh, playoff hopes take a significant hit this week. <laughs> I mean, the best thing they have going for them in this game is they are not playing in front of the 12th man. So that's a bit of a well, blessing. Well, we don't but know again, that. That hasn't actually been ruled out yet. We know that. There's no way. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very, very safe bet that we won't be. Um, this is, a, you know, we're going cross-country uh, against a significantly better team than us. You know, I don't see this as a win. I, this, is, this, to me, is a loss in pen. And a bit of a, you know, a, we've seen a couple steps forward. This will be a step back. You know, they are beaten pretty well by a much better team. Seattle has a really early buy, and that that I always think really hurts guys on playoff chances. And it's not about the overall record at the end; it's about the overall health towards the end of the season. Nevertheless, uh, and even adding in the fact that they're coming off of a Monday night Philly game in Philly, uh, you know, this is just Seattle. You know, they're not well built either. I mean, it's been ages since Russell Wilson has not had had an offensive line that would do anything for him. And yet it doesn't really seem to matter much other than prevent him from playing at his best. He still plays incredibly well. They still make the playoffs all the fucking time. They are he is he's probably in a good division. So, yeah, I mean he's probably so much better than we as fans can really truly acknowledge because we never get to see him play up to his full potential. Um and I'm sure there's other quarterbacks that have gone through this, so you know, no no tears being shed over here for that. But you know, I think that even though that this Seattle team is not as good as they once were, and you know, the best thing they've got in the wide receiver room is is Tyler Lockett, and not that that's bad, but it's certainly not a household name. You know, top five wide receiver, Russell Wilson's ability to be Russell Wilson and, and completely negate any lack of talent on the offensive line is something that a team like the Giants just are not fucking built for. You know, the, the secondary is not good enough to hold coverage for long enough. The pass rush isn't good enough to get there and get him before he can find an escape route. The linebackers can't cover tight ends for shit as far as I've seen the last 10 years of this team. So I'll believe that when I see it for 16 straight weeks. Um, you know, <laughs> and, you know, playing, going over there, Flying across the the country to go play there, I never expect an offense to ever fire on all cylinders until halfway through the fucking game, anyway. And by then, they're probably playing from behind. So this, to me, this is a loss in pen, and it sucks because um, I had them going so strong, but they're gonna they're gonna fall to a seven and five for me. Well, the one thing I want to kind of back up a second what you said and expand on a little bit. You said the Seahawks have a very early bye week Mm -hmm. this year uh i think something to consider with everybody's health is the covid situation and i think that you know as you know we come from we are right now in early july we get into september october november i think the as the amount of cases just keep increasing nationwide you know i think you're going to see a lot of players shuffling in and out of active rosters that are out for two weeks and back even if they, if, if they test positive or, or asymptomatic, uh, you, know, you know, it's something where they may just have to 
stay away from the team. And so you're going to see different players with different resting and different physical. You're not, not going to see a collection of 53 men that are exhausted because the bye week is at week 13 or they had the bye week really early this year. So, you know, it also might lead to a complete lack of uh, continuity on the offenses and the defenses. You might see pretty ragged play because of it. But also you might see guys that, you know, the injury bug isn't biting people as badly because there is some more rest on a significant number of players. So that's going to be something to look at as we kind of get through, you know, in a COVID world, what the league is going to look like. And that's really for all sports too. Yeah. I I had not really considered that. That's, that's very true. Um, And, and like you said, that that's really going to cause some, uh, some mental lapses that we're going to be able to see as fans. I mean, even casual fans will see, you know, increases in false starts and, you know, you know, Lord, anybody who's got to shuffle in a, an Alex Tanney, a quarterback, you know what I mean, because of a COVID situation. I mean, I mean we kind of saw last year, right, with Sam Darnold and, and Mono, yeah? It's kind That's of right. similar. Sure. Um, the difference with Mono is that there is no asymptomatic Mono. Well, no, but I mean, and, it's not know, even that. It wasn't – I mean, there's a – there's like he, even if so he, he felt like sick. he could play, he could die. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, just oh, getting hit in the right spot. So, if you ever had mono, you're not playing football for a couple of weeks. I, I, it's one of it's the worst I've ever felt in my life when I had mono. Um, but you know, again, the majority of cases, you know, I'm not going to play a doctor in the in the Oval Office here, but a majority of cases are asymptomatic, or you know, the, the effects you have are relatively minor, especially for younger people. So. If somebody tests, they may feel fine just going for their test and be like, oh, you're positive. You're on the shelf for two weeks. That doesn't mean you have to stay home in bed. I mean, they could still be working out and doing their things. But the, the chance for injury and the chance for right. the increased wear and tear will go down for those individual people. Now, it becomes a complete crapshoot where, you know, it's a Wednesday and all of a sudden Russell Wilson has COVID and he's out for two weeks. It it scrambles the whole league up and could be one reason why our picks could be completely off for this whole year. That and the fact that we really don't know what we're talking about. We're always wrong anyway. <laughs> but, but I mean, though, it's, this is going to just, I mean, it's a cliche and saying the obvious, but who the hell knows what's going to happen this year with anything. Like this is not a year I would be supporting my local bookie or going to Vegas and putting money on anything because what we see on paper is nothing that's going to be like in real life. And why are we even doing this exercise? You do, you're just, what you're doing is you're just creating excuses for us down the road. So I understand what you're doing here. I, I get it. Uh, and I appreciate what, uh, of course, it. Of course. Yeah. When I the mean, Giants don't go seven and five through 13 weeks, I, I'll know what clip to pull up. Exactly. You know, you can, we have our built in excuses already. But uh, yeah, I mean, in one way, that's kind of like it sucks because, you know, especially for teams that are real contenders and built for to win this year, that best plans are late arrived, but for teams like the giants, maybe, you know, they could get lucky. You know, they may have nobody missing time and catching a game or two or three where their starting quarterback. They're supposed to play. Is not going to play? So it, you know, one or two games can really change, you know, playoff scenarios, playoff games, individual games. Well, I so mean, they always do. Right, but I mean, now there's more variableness to like, the, the likelihood of, you know, uh, 
a Ben Roethlisberger missing a playoff, you know, a, a week 15 is a, the more likelihood of it happening this year than normal years where just the normal risk of injury takes place. You know, now we're dealing with something where it's very possible that everybody's 53 man roster at some point in the season looks completely different. All I have to say is Eli Manning really retired at the right time. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> All right, everybody. So with that, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at football underscore grump, and he is at the cranky fan, where we are always talking as much football as we can, despite the lack of action. Yeah, <laughs> we've entered full talking out of our ass mode. I hope you guys appreciate our, you know, again, remember, let's put things in perspective. You know, we would be right now, if this was a non-COVID year, in that blot time before training camp starts anyway. So, you know, things really start impacting us when we get to August and training camp is, although one other thing we do want to talk about is we didn't mention it earlier. We've already seen a switch down from four preseason games to two. And now uh, I believe it's the players association was talking about, they may not agree to play in any preseason games where the league has said, they unilaterally can determine how many preseason games there will be. So that might be the first battle we have is, you know, or will we have preseason games at all? It's hard to imagine. I mean, as a fan, you know, do we think that coaches can truly just rule out down to a 53-man roster based on scrimmages alone? Do we think there's going to be an extended roster, a 60-man roster, or an extended practice squad or something like that? My guess would be uh, the latter, where you know there'll be increased practice squads, taxi squads. Uh, you know, They may not increase the, the active game day roster, but I think you'll see like a, a protected list because if, if you're, it's... In, you can get a lot of information from watching film of daily, you know, and again, we don't know what training camp is going to look like, how much it has to be modified, what protocols are in place. Um, this just might be a lost year for everybody involved. And, you know, yeah. as much as the union may fight against having those preseason games, it might be not necessarily for the union's benefit to not have those preseason games because you might be costing jobs for some of your members. So, just something to keep keep a close eye on as we get closer and closer to August when decisions have to be made. Fans in the stands versus no fans. Preseason versus modified preseason. Are we starting the season on time? You know, all these things are going to come to a head soon, and this is one thing more thing to look at. Right. Yeah. And and we'll be following that on on Twitter. Like I said, at football underscore grump and at the cranky fan. So um, for for updates on that and whether. You know, the players' union allows for a preseason at all or whatever standstill is going to happen there. You know, we'll certainly have something to say about it because we have something to say about everything. That's right. (laughs) Um, And the show, as always, on Spotify, Google Play, um, iTunes, everywhere. It's everywhere, so just subscribe and it'll be in your your queue in the morning, Tuesday morning. And don't forget, also... uh... If you follow our friends at Talking Giants, we are on this week's episode with a bunch of other uh, guests as well talking about the Giants and why we are Giant fans and how this show started. So give those guys a follow and a listen and uh, 
you know, see what you say about us. Yes, it's a, it's a very awesome episode. I highly recommend it. There's lots of really good creators on there, so other people to follow as well besides just our dumbasses. So. <laughs> All right, everyone, with that, go Giants. Go Giants. Go Giants.